Welcome back to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jay and with me here is B. Hi. And we're back. We're back. Hi, everyone. Did you miss us? Only a short hiatus, really. It was, yeah. It was only a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. And so as everyone knows, we've been away for the last couple of months. I thought I'd just sort of give a little bit of a rundown of what happened. So basically, as we said, we were doing this for like 18 months straight, weekly episodes. We'd got to a point where at the start we were always ahead by about six weeks, so we had a bit of a buffer zone and so that we weren't sort of stressed out in recording and that sort of thing. But last year was a bit of a shit show for both of us. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we had a bit of a, we had a lot of personal stuff going on in our lives that really just demanded our attention. And we both had new jobs and B, once the apocalypse ended, moved back to the city. (laughs) was sort of semi-homeless for a little while. Uh, Yeah. So we just kind of, our buffer zone decreased, let's put it that way. And it became sort of stressful to have to do all the things because it's not just about recording. It's about, you know, editing and putting it up and, you know. Which I really do none of. Yeah, let's face it, you do none of that. You do Instagram, which let's not even talk about that. I still need a reminder to post. I'm trying to figure out how to post it automatically. I thought you could, but I can't seem to be able to do it. So, yeah. Well, a few more little kinks we've got to iron out, put it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to a point where our buffer zone disappeared and it, and it was like coming up to a few days before we were due to post and we were getting really stressed. And then, you know, you also kind of have to be in the right mental headspace to record these episodes. And sometimes we just weren't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I most definitely was not. So, yeah, it just um, we needed a break and we've taken a break and we've sort of we did really assess whether or not we'd keep on going. Um, because I'm sure next year will be chaotic as well. Uh, it always is. But we decided to do things a little bit differently. So the show's going to look a little bit different, not not massively different, but a little bit different going forwards. Uh, so what we're going to do is have six-week blocks. So you'll get a weekly episode for six weeks and then we'll have a couple of weeks off. And this is going to hopefully allow us to get our nice buffer zone back, make it a little bit more manageable, if the break in between is more than a couple of weeks, it's not a drama. And that way you're still getting, you're still getting episodes. You're just not getting them every single week of the year, which I think is fair. Don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, hell yeah. But yeah, we, we did miss it. The other thing too was like, as much as we love sort of researching and, and recording these episodes and that it was, it, it kind of does play on your mental health, having to think about murder and disappearances and stuff all the time. So yeah, like it's good to have, we're going to sort of record over a couple of days so that we're only recording a couple of days every couple of months. So we that's can do all of the dark, depressing conversation all at once. Yeah. Then have a couple of days to recover. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a couple of months to recover, really. Yes. Yes. You know? So, yeah, I think that going forward, we, we'll give this a go and we'll see how we go. So thank you everyone for being patient with us and um hopefully hopefully things will be smooth sailing from now on if our lives can just stop imploding that would be lovely so hopefully let's be you know cliche and be like yeah 
new year new me yeah exactly oh this year's gonna be so much better it's my oh, year can't wait for this year to be over because the next year is just gonna be great yeah <laughs> I can't i'm not saying any of that yeah <laughs> not at all so for our first story back um because you know we're releasing on australia day we are going to head to the outback for a good old-fashioned aussie mystery today which I think is really cool because I think our first episode was about an Aussie outback mystery. The Kellets was up. It was. So, it yes. was. So welcome back. Welcome back to Australia. And um, yeah. Where so, it's really big and there's a lot of desert and empty land and people go missing. And you, I mean, imagine how many people we don't actually know about. Oh, God. There are so many missing people out in there the middle of Australia. So much uncharted territory. But also like, so many mine shafts and stuff, you know. Yes, yeah, so much. You get rid of someone, you know. Mm. But anyway, if you're an Aussie and follow these types of cases, you may actually be familiar with this one. It's the disappearance of a man called Paddy Moriarty from the town of Larimer in the Northern Territory. Have you heard of this one? No. Okay, so this one's fairly recent. And it was actually, um, I first heard about it on a long-form podcast um, about this case called Lost in Larimer, which is really, really good. So if anyone wants more information after this, please go check it out. There was also recently a documentary-style show which was really good for a, quite a brief synopsis and, and actually is what reminded me of this case and, and made me think, oh, yeah, maybe we'll cover this because it's quite an interesting case. So it's one of those cases where we can kind of infer what happened and we even have a, a, you know, a pretty good suspect, but nothing's concrete and no one's ever been charged. And, you know, it's a bloody interesting story as well. So let's get into it. So we're heading to Larimer, which is about 400 kilometres south of Darwin. So right in the middle of Australia. And it's what you'd expect from any of these outback towns. It's hot, it's dry, it's dusty. Um, it's the sort of place where you actually wonder why people live there, to be honest. Like it sounds like hell to me. I hate the heat. Um, and I hate deserts and dust and all that sort of crap. So I, I yeah, just, those people—they're a different breed of people. They're, they're just different. They're just different. Nothing. Wrong I with just them. really enjoy being constantly hot, sweaty, yeah. feeling dirty, sandy. The flies—I just love the flies oh, constantly. Why? I love taking a breath and inhaling one. I love <laughs> them crawling all over my back. They're just a different breed of people out there. I know, I know. And it's like it's like people that live up in Marble Bar, which is in WA, but it's like the hottest place in WA. And quite often you'll just get standard day between 40 and 45 degrees. Like that's just what their weather is like. And it's just like, no, nah, can't Why do it. Yeah. I love summer. I love summer. Nah, I'm not, I don't. Why? No, Pull down. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm lying here on the couch in my undies. Like... <laughs> I've got an like, aircon, got an ice pack, got an ice coffee, I've got an, a fan as well as the aircon, and I just cannot get any colder than huh? I already am. Whereas yeah. in winter, it's like you can get warmer. Yeah. There are a lot of ways to get warmer. I just love the cold. I have toyed with the idea of moving to Tasmania so many times. I do love oh. Tasmania. It is beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, we're in Larimer today, so get ready. Ugh, gross. The latest count put the town population at about 12. So there's like literally <laughs> bugger all people living there. <laughs> it's got a pub, a coffee shop and a couple of houses. There's not even a petrol station. That's how 
you know, tiny. How do they get fuel? Well, they've got to drive up to, um, I think Catherine is the nearest biggest big city. So, yeah, they, they have to drive out of town to get it, I guess. You'd like fill up your jerry cans while you're out, I suppose. I'd be really bad at that. Well, you wouldn't have to drive a lot. No, know? but I'd be like, oh, like the amount of times I'm like, oh, crap. I was meant to fill up my car on the way to work, but I forgot that I was meant to fill my car up on the way to work. So now I'm going to be late to work because I won't actually make it to work if I don't stop and fill up my car. Uh, yeah, yeah. You'd never, I'd never be able to do that. And that's suppose I mean really when I've been driving to work. <laughs> so the people in this town are interesting folk and it seems most, if not are all. related. <laughs> no, it's not that sort of tiny town. Um, so if not all of them most of them meet up at the pub most nights um, or at least did around the time that Paddy went missing Paddy was an Irish immigrant who came to Australia in 1965 when he was 18 years old he never really settled down and instead sort of moved from outback town to outback town getting station jobs he moved to Larimer in 2008 and lived there until his disappearance, age 70, in 2017. So Paddy lived quite a simple life with his dog, Kelly, who went everywhere with him. Even the pub, she would rock up next to him, sitting with and him. And what breed was she? She was a Kelpie. Of course she was. Of course she was. It's almost the law, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kelpie or blue healer, it's going to be. Or a um, border collie. I think his, his dog before that was a border collie. Yeah, it's so. always a Kelpie. <laughs> A red healer, a blue healer, or a border collie. <laughs> so Paddy, when he first moved to the town, purchased this station, uh, sorry, the town's old fuel station, which wasn't a fuel station anymore. And that's where he lived. That was his house. I think he bought it for around 30 grand. So he was living there. Um, he had a very strict daily routine. He would get up, go do a bit of work for the pub. I think he was like a gardener slash clean the toilets, handyman sort of guy. Because there's a lot of garden out there, you know, very uh, green, yeah. not yeah. dry at all. He had to go sweep the dust every day. Yeah. And he was, you know, he, he would do that every morning. And then by about lunchtime, he'd sit down, they'd watch Landline, which is what they call oh, going to church. Landline. They'd all get together for town and watch Landline, yep. which was going yep. to church. Um, and then he'd drink at the pub from 12 till about four or five in the afternoon. He was paid for his work in beer. So we're about as Australian as you can get at this stage, I think. <laughs> oh, dear. So the pub was about 800 metres from his house, uh, which was on the highway. So he would drive his quad bike up every night. Um, the last time he was seen was on December 16, 2017 at the pub. The pub was called the Pink Panther, um, and it was just all painted pink with a great big statue of the Pink Panther out the front. This a completely irrelevant to anything but okay very random very very random so he goes to the pub he's drinking there um he apparently every night he drinks eight beers eight cans of 4x is what he drinks every night that's his standard yep um this night though he was feeling a little bit festive and he had two extra cans so he'd had 10 cans of beer um everyone's just went over the edge a little bit oh yeah I know tipped him over apparently he wasn't that drunk though because obviously he drinks like this every single day yeah so he clears out goes home at about 5 30 6 o'clock um as he um leaves he um lets everyone know see you tomorrow everything seems normal but the next day Paddy doesn't show up to church to his landline session um and 
people instantly know that something's wrong because this is just not what he does. So the guy that owns the pub, um, Barry Sharp, who was also Paddy's good mate, goes over to his house to see if he's okay. Barry finds that Paddy likely did make it home that the night before because his hat, his wallet, his keys, everything was all on the table and his dinner was on a plate ready to be cooked. Kelly's bowl had uh, food in it that had been half eaten as well. So it looked like he made it home that night, but Paddy and Kelly are nowhere to be seen. So the nearest police station is about 70 kilometres away. I think it's Mataranga is, is the um, nearest police station. And I guess, you know, it takes a couple of days for him to be reported missing. Barry doesn't think too much of it. He just kind of like, oh, well, that's Paddy. Sometimes he goes up places, um, doesn't really think anything of it until he sort of mentions it to another person in town a couple of days later. And she's like, dude, you've got to call the cops. <laughs> like, you wouldn't just disappear. Like, yeah. So- takes a couple of days for the for the locals to actually report him missing. So some key time seems to be lost there because they had quite a bit of rain as well in those days. Um, so evidence potentially was washed away. So eight days after Paddy was last seen, so we're on December 24th, Christmas Eve, Detec- Detective Sergeant Matt Allen finally heads to Larimer and goes to try and work out what is going on. Oh, it just reminds me of work. <laughs> Because it's like, no, your dog's been sick for three bloody weeks, mate. Uh, and yeah. you're bringing it in on Christmas Eve when we're we're closing early and we're about to close up for a few days and your dog's oh, yeah. got some sort of serious issue. It's like, yeah, let's call the cops and get them to come down Christmas Eve to try and solve this missing person case. The uh, initial assumption is that he's gone for a walk and he's just, you know, been bitten by a snake or had a heart attack or something. Um, there's also weirdly these strange sinkholes apparently all around the town uh, <laughs> that can go like 50 metres deep or something all of a sudden. So I don't know what's to deal with that, but apparently it's a thing. So it's like <laughs> like when we were kids and I don't know about you, but I had this, I think we all did from like the 90s era, this irrational fear of quicksand. Oh, yes, yes. Like, it, as a child growing up, you thought that quicksand was going to be a real issue in everyday life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, I've, I've never come across quicksand. Yeah, I don't even know if it's actually a thing. It um, is, but not in the way that they talk about. No, it's not going to suck you in or anything. Like, you don't get sucked in. Like, you get stuck, but. Yeah, yeah. And, and also um, earthquakes as well. Like, even though we don't really live in an earthquake zone, I was always, it was always drummed into me that if you are in an earthquake, run uh, don't run out of your house like yeah. don't go out into the street because the street might split open and and, and eat you yeah Which, to me now as an adult that just makes zero sense like I feel like there was an era through the 90s where maybe there was something with the earth changes happening to the earth because I feel like there were a lot more earthquakes well to me it's like the chances of the ground opening up right where you're standing outside has got to be a lot less than a, a house falling on top of you because it's been in an earthquake. So I don't know. It always just makes sense to me that you should go outside if there was an earthquake. I don't know. Yeah, when you're always told to go run and hide in the bathroom. Yeah, in the bathroom or in the bathtub or in a doorway. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, just, or stand it, in a doorway. Yeah. But anyway, apparently there are sinkholes in Larimer. So people just kind of assume that this had happened. Uh, so. You know, Detective Allen learns that Paddy's last night was unremarkable. 
He did his usual thing, drank only a couple of extras. Um, he was his standard level of drunkenness when he left, apparently. Apparently, Patty walked past some tourists on the way out whose kids wanted to pat Kelly, so he let them. And then they gave him half a cooked chook for Kelly's dinner. So he took Wow, that. that's amazing. Hmm. Usually you can't pet some old man's Kelpie. Yeah, it was a puppy. She was only about 11 okay. months old, apparently. So right. she was, you know, getting, she was friendly. Yeah. Paddy then hopped on his quad and took off home. So, yeah, I guess it's like what happened to him after that? Have you got any thoughts that jumped to mind straight away? No. Um, where's his quad bike? His quad was did at home, question? so he did make it home. So he made it home, okay. Because <laughs> my first thought is someone picked him up along the highway. Yeah, I thought that too. Maybe someone like hit him and then took him away or something. Yeah, but his quad bike is home. Where's and Kelly? Also, well, Kelly's not there either. And also the chook that these tourists gave him was at home, so he'd made it home with the chook as well. Okay. Yeah. We can rule out that he was, like, you know, hit and run or um, he's gone somewhere. I feel like maybe he's gone to help someone. Okay. Someone he knows because Kelly's gone with him. Yeah, well, wherever he goes, Kelly goes. So, yeah. 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 Well, Detective Allen speaks to the locals and, you know, like I said, the initial fear from everyone is that he's he's gone walking and something's happened to him. The sinkhole theory becomes quite a popular theory. I mean, imagine living somewhere like that. That just freaked me out. Um, I feel like he would know where's safe to walk and he would have his usual places that he walks. I don't know. What do you think about the sinkhole theory? I need to know more about these sinkholes and how they work. I know. Why are there sinkholes? I need to know these things. I, I don't Like, know. is it literally like you walk over it and you go down or you I walk think in so. and you I start think. to go down? Yeah. Um, look, I think it's not. Are they like old mine shafts or something? No, it's something to do with the water table or something like that. Oh, the water table, yeah. yeah. So it's literally like quicksand. Well, yeah, or just like the ground opening up. Well, yeah. oh, the chances of him and Kelly going in seem a bit weird and then also like i'm pretty sure sinkholes don't close back up again after so you would see a sinkhole you know what i mean and there was no footprints or anything you know it's like he just sort of vanished so yeah i don't know i just feel like he would know that area yeah also it was like right in the middle of dinner as well so it looks as though he's come home he started making dinner and then whatever's happened has made him leave the house right in the middle of doing all of that. So I don't think you'd go for a walk right in the middle of dinner, you know, like I, I, the whole timing of things doesn't really make sense, but then you've got to think, where is he then? So some people suggested that he was eaten by wild pigs. I think we've had this theory before in another case, the whole wild pigs can completely get rid of a body. Yeah. Okay. Possible. And we know that we do have lots of feral pigs in Australia, Mm. but I feel like there'd be evidence of some sort if that had happened. Um, Another theory was that Paddy decided to take off to another town for a few days without telling anyone, um, which is something that, you know, he had done before. He'd just take off to go visit people in Catherine or whatever. Um, And this is why Barry hadn't reported it for a couple of days as well, because he thought he'd done that. Mm. But again, he's halfway through dinner. He's also had 10 beers that afternoon. You know, would, would he just sort of, up and decide to travel somewhere. Does he have a car as well? He has a car as well if he needs to travel into town. Is the car gone? No, the car's not gone. So that that rules that out as well. So, 
And he said to everyone, see you tomorrow when he left the pub. So I just don't think that that theory is likely. <clears throat> so the search is on after this um, and it's pretty big. Uh, foot search, car searches, helicopters, all of the stuff. Dams in the area were drained. Um, they And apparently there's like some uh, sort of cave sort of areas around the place and rocky outcrops and stuff. They were all checked. They even checked animal shelters to see if Kelly had been handed in somewhere as well. Now, Detective Allen knew that there was likely something a little bit more sinister going on here by this point. So he decides to go and chat to the locals, which isn't a massive job. You know, you've just got to talk to 12 people. <laughs> just go to the pub when the late line's on. Yeah, yeah landline, yeah. Landline, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so he chats to everyone, tries to get a sense of who Patty was, what he was about. So, so Paddy turns out, it, let's just say he was a bit of a shit stirrer. He was not, not in a bad way. He wasn't a bad guy, but he was just like more in a cheeky, annoying way. The residents actually, although they were only 12 of them, all had their petty beefs with each other. It was kind of the sort of town that everyone would sort of form factions and there was always some sort of little wars going on between people. So some of the issues were like how to preserve the old railway line, which ended up you know, being a massive war between them. And there was even outright harassment, assault, even arson at some point, all because of that. Uh, so it was pretty full on. People, you know, had beefs with each other in this town. At the Pink Panther pub, Barry had a bit of a wildlife park slash zoo at the back. He had quite a few animals and things. And in it was a three and a half metre saltwater crocodile called Sneaky Sam. Someone fed someone's peacock to Sneaky Sam as an act of revenge. So it's a bit of a hectic town. Like, what's going on here, you know? I mean, it's both serious but hilarious at the same time. Why has he got these animals there? Uh, he just kind of had, like, a bit of a zoo. Like, yeah, I don't know. He just liked animals and he collected them and people would come to the town and see the animals. So. Is it not water crop territory? Yeah, well, it's Northern Territory. So, so is that a possibility? Well, there's no real waterways or anything because remember they're out in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, I think the saltwater crocs survive out there. Well, it was in a pond and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess you've got to do something in a small town to keep yourself occupied, right? And these people yeah. fight with each other. That was what they did. Paddy seemed to really enjoy the drama. And although he rarely caused the altercations, he would often be right there in the middle of them egging everyone on. Now, that is except for one war that he was actually in the centre of, and that was a war that he had with his neighbour, Fran Hodgetts, who lived opposite to him on the highway. So Fran, who is also in her 70s, runs a tea house at her place. Other than the pub, this is where tourists go to get food in the town. Now, Paddy, being not only Barry's mate, but a shit stirrer, starts to badmouth Fran's pies which is what she was famous for he says oh it's on yeah, now it's on like donkey kong right now like you do not bad mouth an old lady's pies i'm sorry oh, you don't so he would like sit out because he lived on one side of the highway she lived on the other so he would sit out the front of his house and as tourists rocked up he'd be like don't eat the pies they're shit oh, <laughs> you know? God. yeah so he I, told you know what he i know what's happened <laughs> what? he's been chopped up and put in a pie that's actually one of the theories quite funny yeah. and the police looked into it seriously they're like 
took swabs from her her cooking apparatuses and stuff. <laughs> so he would tell people that the pies were so bad that even his dog wouldn't eat them. Frag, Fran claims that Patty had never even been to her place to try a pie, which I actually tend to believe is possible. So it's on with these two. Patty continues to slander her, shit stir her. Fran tries to get him charged. She takes him to court. It's just a shit show, really, and they really, really hate each other. A TV show even comes to the town just, like, exploring small outback towns and stuff, and Patty was interviewed for it, so you can actually find this online. And he takes the opportunity to tell the cameras how bad Fran's pies were. So now it's, like, out there on the TV, right? So um, he he pisses her off. She pisses him off. It's an all-out war with them. He would do things like get dead kangaroos and throw them under her bedroom window. And once a donkey got hit and killed on the highway, so he cut its penis off and threw it up her driveway. When she actually took him to court in Catherine, she claimed that he had poisoned her palm trees and destroyed like her tables where people would sit. Once even put a newspaper um, cut out of her face, smeared in shit outside her house. Uh, So... Like, it's a full-on war with these two. And, look, I don't blame her for wanting a little bit of peace from him. I mean, it's affecting her business. So, so yeah, I, I kind of am sort of with Fran at this point. She ended up getting security cameras put up, but apparently he went and cut the wires. Unfortunately, at court, though, she had no proof that it was actually him that had done all of this, so the case was dismissed. So, yeah, big war between Fran and Patty. What are your thoughts on this? She's got to have something to do with it. <laughs> You'd think, right? But she's 70. She's in her 70s. I think she was about 75 at the time. So she's a little old lady, you know? Yeah. I mean, if he really was doing all of this, then she has every right to be pissed off, I think. Yeah. Probably. But you'd think that, you know, there'd be some sort of evidence if she did. I don't think that a 70-something small-town old lady is really a criminal mastermind in a lot of cases. No. She's quite cantankerous, though, and police would quite often be called out when she was pissed off about something. She was one of those people that was just like, you know, calling them every five seconds about stuff. Yeah. Apparently there were a lot more complaints about her ex-husband who still lived in the town, though, so she would call the police about him even more. And I think that may have been how how um, Patty and Fran's beef started was because Patty was friends with her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. So... I actually looked up Fran's tea house on TripAdvisor and let me say it was an experience. I'll put a link in the show notes to it because it's just hilarious. Now, Fran has sold up and moved to Melbourne now. Apparently a new guy runs the place. Apparently Fran got breast cancer, so she's gone to live with her daughter in Melbourne to get treatment. So it's a new guy and the new new reviews over the last year or so since he's had it are actually quite good. He's He's brought the place up a little bit. But if you go back to when Fran was running it, it's very, very funny. It looks like she just like never displays prices or anything. She just makes it up as she goes and charges whatever she wants without telling anyone beforehand. <laughs> so I've got a couple of crackers. This one is from 2018. So this person says, Devonshire tea, $17, $11 for a scone and a slither of Woolies frozen lamington, $6 for instant coffee or a tea bag. Not allowed to order just the beverage. Have to have the cake too. When we questioned the costs, the F word came flying. <laughs> so you can imagine what's going on over there. Mm. Another one said, we ordered two cappuccinos, three undrinkable lemon squashes, two scones and two pies. 
I asked for the bill and Fran inquired about what we did for a living. After I told her, she announced the hefty price tag of $86. <laughs> so, I mean, do yourself a favour. Go and have a look at the reviews. They're hilarious. <laughs> so the suggestion in town was that Patty and Kelly ended up in the pies, like you were saying, which yeah. is gross, but lol. <laughs> you know, like, of course, I have questions about the physical ability of a woman in her 70s to be able to kill a man and his dog and dispose of their bodies. I, I guess that's my sticking point there. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Don't know how she would do it without the help of someone else. Exactly. Exactly. So could she have had help? Well, this is when we see the entry of a new character called Owen Laurie. Now, he was a guy who worked for Fran. He'd only been there a couple of months um, and she'd employed him as her gardener. Uh, and he lived on a donger on her property. Those not Australian, a donger is like a little demantable house thing. It's like a trailer. It's, it's kind of a bit, it's a step up from a trailer. Like you can pick no, it. Like up. the trailer parts, not like, I'm not talking like caravan. Like oh, in America, the they act, have trailer parks. In America, parks. the actual yeah. trailer parks where you have like those. Yeah. Yeah. You can pick it up, but not with a car. You'd need like a truck and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a little, like um, on our mine sites and stuff up north, that's where the miners sleep. It's almost like a bigger, fancier, decked-out sea container, basically. Yeah, a bit like that, yeah. So he lived in the Donga, and he was quite an elusive figure in town. In fact, most of the residents had never even seen him. Like everyone, when they were questioning about him, was like, I wouldn't know even if I fell over him. Like I've never actually seen him. Yeah. So I guess he kind of kept to himself on the property. Yeah. Now, Owen had words with Patty on a number of occasions. In the documentary, Fran is questioned about this, and she, of course, denies any knowledge at all. She says she never asked him to kill Patty or paid him as a hitman or anything like that. Of course she's going to say that, though. Mm. Patty had been seen having an altercation with a man, no details of who, two days before he disappeared out the front of of his house. Now, the fact that it was just given as a man and, you know, not a name makes me think that, because nobody knew what he looked like, it could have been him. Mm. Owen was also apparently making a phone call in the phone box out the front of Fran's house around the time Paddy was walking home. So did Paddy say something in his drunken state to give him the shits maybe? He maybe uh, apparently the thing that they'd been fighting about a couple of days before was Kelly used to run over to Fran's property all the time and bark at Owen. So he would like be like, get your dog under control, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Owen theory? But is it really, is there really enough for him to do something? I know. That's a big jump, right? Getting pissed off at him for random reasons and then killing him, you know? That's a, that is a big jump for sure. Well, on the subject of murder for hire, there was another person of interest. Now, Wayne Ledwidge said that a bit before the disappearance, he'd been in Catherine when he overheard a conversation between Fran and another friend of his named Brian Roberts. She was talking very loudly to Brian and said how Patty was like giving her so much of a hard time and that she just wanted to get rid of him. And and Wayne said that she heard Fran offer Brian $9,000 to do it. He said he wouldn't do it, but he did have a mate who could do it for 10,000. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I can get another thousand. No worries. So it sounds as though this Wayne guy has heard some sort of arrangement. 
Now, later after Paddy disappeared, Wayne was over Brian's house when a news story about Paddy came on the TV and apparently Brian yelled out at the TV, shit, he didn't have to do the dog as well. So thoughts on this? Oh, I don't know. These people are kooky. It's so hard to take anything they say seriously. I know. It's just like too much. It's like a Melbourne underbelly bullshit going off in outback tiny town, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's bizarre. Bizarre. As a side note on Brian, Wayne would also testify that he suspected there was something not quite right with him. Don't know why he kept him as a friend, but anyway. Apparently he would often talk of other murders in the Territory as well. He said once he was home with him when there was some footage on TV about Peter Falconio, another case that we have covered, mm-hmm. um, and it came, the story about Falconio came on the TV. Well, he said that when the footage came up, Brian started yelling at the TV and said he didn't do it about Bradley Murdoch, who was, who was yeah. for it. He didn't do it. You've got the wrong man. He's buried under the tree. Wayne was a little bit shocked by this and he thought, I'm going to do a bit of research about this covertly and found out that Brian and his family had actually been camping right near Barrow Creek where Peter Falconio went missing at the time. So what? (laughs) Like that escalated quickly. Do we have some sort of like real life serial killer guy in the Northern Territory that could be implicated? I don't know. What do you reckon? But again, how can you take what either of these people are saying seriously? No, there could be a certain element of bullshit. These old guys like to bullshit, that's for sure. Yeah. But then you do get those stupid, like, I just don't think, I can't understand why any person that was potentially involved in a murder would be like, oh, that was me. Ha, 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 ha. There's like just some random guy that, the one with the, the two girls that were killed with the bridge. Oh, yeah. Delphi, yeah. Yeah, and the the guy that's been arrested sitting there and in the background there's a sketch of <laughs> his suspect in the background. Yeah. Why would you have, I'm assuming that's at his house or something like, like that. Oh, no, it was at a pub, I think. I think. Why yeah. would you, you would know it was there, so why would you yeah, put yourself in a position to be photographed next to a potential picture of y- you? Yeah. Yeah, that's what gets me about a lot of these cases. We hear it time and time again is that people, usually people that aren't actually in any way involved in the case at all, shouting off their mouth and bragging about how they've done it. It's like they want to take the credit for it to make themselves sort of sound good, you know, like to their other Darrow friends. Yeah, Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. So there was one last person to discuss, and that was a guy called Richard Simpson. Now, Richard used to be the bartender at the Pink Panther. He was younger, uh, in his 50s, and he had a serious drinking problem. Quite often during his shift, he would be drunk by lunchtime, and then, like, Barry had to, like, send him home because he was too drunk to work. Eventually, Barry had to sack him because, you know, he was too drunk to work a lot of the time. This really pissed him off, though. And he would often show up at the um, pub drunk and hostile and he'd like just scream and shout at everyone. One night he barged into the office where Karen, the bookkeeper, was working and screamed at her, accusing her of stealing from the pub. She told him to piss off though and, you know, he ended up like threatening her, saying that her family's going to be in big trouble and all of that. So Richard hated Paddy mainly because he was buddies with Barry and got to hang out at the pub, hang out at the pub all the time quite freely. I guess it's like a jealousy thing. Mm. 
They also fought over their dogs because Richard had some unruly staffies who Paddy was worried were going to attack Kelly. So he would have a go at Richard about controlling his dogs and that sort of thing. Richard was in the vicinity of the bar and one of the last people to see him on that last night. It's also been suggested that after Richard killed him, he fed him to Sneaky Sam because he had access to the wildlife park. So thoughts on that? It gets more batshit as you go along, right? Like a really stupid, bad Australian soap opera, soap (laughs) drama. It's like a hick bold in the beautiful. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. I just I just don't believe any of this stuff. It's just so bizarre. It's too much, isn't it? Like, I mean, for starters, if this guy was completely off his trolley all the time, would he be coordinated enough to, like, kill someone, chop them up, feed them to a crocodile? And also you wouldn't want to feed a crocodile human remains that, when it's in, it's in captivity. Oh, okay. We're thinking about the animal care at this point, are we? No, 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 not that side of things. I just mean like it's in captivity. It's in a small enclosure. Mm. What it eats, it will pass. Yeah, you'd think there'd be bones or something. There's evidence. Yeah. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but I don't know who's making plans to kill and dispose of someone this way. But look, I've never done it myself, but I have helped amputate limbs of animals before. It's not easy to cut a person up. No, it's, it's, not. it's not something that's going to be a simple thing. Like it's going to take you a really long time and you're going to want to hope that you've got some really good equipment to do it with, you know, and there's going to be evidence that you've done it as well, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot to kill for as well, just being jealous that you're not allowed in the pub and he is. Like I feel like that's a bit much, you know. Yeah, but this is like is a tiny town. Mm. You yeah. can't go to the pub. Where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah, tea house? The tea Obviously, house? Obviously, so it's you just might sort get of wondering. Charged eight dollars, or you might get charged eighty-six dollars. <laughs> yeah, go get a pie. Obviously, he was kind of wandering around the vicinity of the pub that night too. If he was one of the last person people to see Patty, so yeah, I don't know. Now, police searched Sneaky Sam's enclosure. They searched Fran's septic tanks and her cooking appliances, and no human or dog remains were ever found in any of those places. Which leaves us with the question: What happened to Patty? And I think it's just really hard because there was just so much conflict going on in Patty's life. Um, I don't think that he wandered off or had an accident or anything like that. I think that we can rule that out. What do you reckon? At this point in time, I I don't know. The only (laughs) thing I can think, I don't think it's anyone that knows him. I did at first. I don't know. maybe, Maybe that extra two beers did push him over. (laughs) <laughs> and he just, you know, he got home and then thought, oh, I'll go for a wander. And maybe some sicko just happened to go by and saw it as a crime opportunity. Okay, that's a, that's a factor we hadn't thought of. Just, like just some random, I mean, that's what happened with Falconio. Yeah, maybe. Really, like, maybe that was a bit mate, more complicated. <laughs> yeah, no, but as in driving, if we go with the story. Yeah, yeah the, the official that narrative. That was reported. Yeah. yeah some weird person out in the and that's that's that the reality is these people are out there yeah that's true that's true especially out so there. could have just been some weirdo that lives out in the middle of nowhere and drove by and thought i'm gonna fuck with this old guy well there was a coronial inquest in 2022 so quite recently yeah and it brought to light 
bit of new evidence. So interesting. This is why I wanted to get your thoughts on it before I told you this, because this will no doubt sway you. So it turns out that a couple of months after Paddy disappeared, the police bugged Owen, the gardener's donger. So over the next couple of months, they caught some very interesting conversations that Owen had been having with himself. Seemed he was one of those people that likes to sort of sing to himself and make up little songs and stuff like that. I don't know if you've ever done that. (laughs) Just sort of like um, narrating his like movements through the day, just kind of sing to himself. Apparently they had just had hours and hours of him doing this. I was talking Uh, to myself yesterday at work. I was counting and (laughs) I was, but I, I was like, 10 meters away from people and I was not speaking loudly and I was just like mm, mm. <laughs> and someone's like what the hell is that <laughs> what is that <laughs> someone left something on <laughs> no it's just oh you're just counting <laughs> so yeah I do talk to myself apparently <laughs> yeah yeah Well, he was making up his little songs and there were quite a few times apparently that he was recorded singing about how he killed Patty. Now, I want to, look, I would love to read or sing them all, but there's just so many of them. So some of the key points were this first one, I won't do it, but it was apparently to the tune of I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. (laughs) He said, I killerated old Patty with that. I struck on the fucking head and killerated him. And another time, you kill Paddy and hit him on the head, smack him on the fucking nostrils with me claw hammer. I mean, it goes on and on. He talks about how he basically bashed Paddy's head in and killed Kelly. Um, it's quite oh, colourful. I'm all sad about Kelly. I know, <laughs> I know. I know, Aww. it's sad. It's, um, if it wasn't about murder, it'd be quite funny. <laughs> He basically just sings to himself about how he smashed Patty's face in. So to me, that's, I don't know, is that wishful thinking or did he actually do it? I don't know. What do you reckon? Bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has he been arrested? Well, no, he hasn't. So the inquest found that Patty was likely killed during the ongoing feud with France. So like, because I don't know if you know how coronial inquest works. The coroner will go this is the evidence that we have, this is what probably happened, right? Yeah. But then it's up to the police to press charges. We saw this happen with, if anyone's followed the Teacher's Pet podcast, Chris Dawson recently got sent to jail for killing his wife like 40 years ago. Um, that was a whole other pod- podcast as well, which was amazing. But there was a coronial inquest into that years ago, like 20 years ago, and the coroner found, yes, she was probably murdered by her husband, but the police never pressed charges until a couple of years ago after the podcast. So the inquest did find that he was likely killed due due to the ongoing feud with Fran. It stops short of pointing the finger at anyone in particular, though. Now, like I said, a lot of people had said that Patty was really worried about Kelly going over the road all the time and Owen was getting really pissed off with her and had made threats in the past that he was going to hurt her. So is it possible that's what happened that night? You know, Kelly went across the road and Owen followed her back, you know. I think the hitman angle is interesting and we probably shouldn't rule it out, but it certainly looks like Fran was trying to, because because it certainly does look like Fran was trying to hire someone if we're believing, you know, what everyone's saying about it. Mm. 
But given what we know and given Owen's songs, uh, I think that it's just as likely that he did this, don't you reckon? The songs are very strange. Yes. They're not like I, he's not singing about them in a way of like I would have. Mm. He's singing about it as if he did it. Yeah. And with description. Yeah. And with specific implement. Mm-hmm. which is kind of telling. Yeah, I think it's very specific, you know. Now, I guess the question then becomes, like, did Fran order him to do it? Like, why did he do it? I don't know. I feel as though Fran probably, although she had tried to hire someone in the past, I feel like she probably didn't have anything to do with Owen doing it. It seems like it could have been, like, more a spur-of-the-moment thing. In the oh, doc- Also, like, even if she hadn't, paid him maybe the fact that he worked for her he just maybe had this felt loyalty to her Mm. yeah I mean she had told him everything that had been going on over the last couple of years so maybe he got angry about it you know yeah in the doco they talk to her about it and she does seem quite shocked about it um and there is like this moment in the documentary where she's she goes quiet and she seems quite introspective and she says to herself, yeah, I'm going to have to ask him to leave. He's, he's no good. So I think that she thinks that he did it, um, but she just doesn't really know how to tackle that with him, you know, mm. like like she was shocked, you know, that she didn't realise he was actually capable of that. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like be careful what you wish for because you might actually get it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. What are your final thoughts? What happened to Patty? I reckon Owen probably did it. With with the side note that potentially Fran could have hired someone as well. I guess I, I, I find it hard, but i got to separate myself from that because they might be they're probably very different people than myself. Yeah, like, well, I would think. Oh, no, nah, I won't kill him for 9,000, but I'll do it for 10. Yeah. 10,000 isn't a lot of money. To- it isn't. No. But maybe to someone who lives in the middle of nowhere and has very simple life. Yeah. That may be enough to. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there out in the outback who, who don't even really have a house. Like they just sort of camp and, you know, as you said, live yeah. very simply. They don't need, or like $10,000 would be enough to live for years if you're doing that, you know? Yeah especially if you like shooting roos for food and all of that sort of thing, you could mm. essentially cost your bugger all to live. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's a, it's almost like this, the Northern Territory is like this vortex in the middle of Australia where anything goes, you know, it's like a whole different planet just about. Yes, it's a strange place. Yes, it is. So, yeah, so everyone, let us know what you think. Uh, what happened to Patty? Uh, if you... I actually um, know someone who's gone there uh, after he disappeared and there's just signs everywhere all around town. Have you seen Paddy? You know, this is what happened, you know, this is where he was last seen and all this. So they really want to, you know, they're trying to find out what happened to him, but I guess out there, like disposing of a body, so easy out there, you know, all you've got to do is just drive for an hour, just into the bush, not on a road and plop him on the, you know, out of the car and that's it. Someone might not come across him for the next hundred years. So yeah. I don't think that they'll ever really know, but I'll be interested to see now that the the coronial inquest has been done. I, I wonder if the police are intending on taking things any further. Yeah. 
in a few months. So I would say not, but you know, who knows what's happening behind the scene. Maybe they're trying to build up some evidence or something. Yeah, maybe. So anyone, anyway, yeah, let us know what you think and uh, we will be back. So this one is Australia Day and we are going to go back to our usual Friday evening schedule. Well, Friday evening if you're in Australia. Who knows when it drops when you're in the rest of the world. So wherever <laughs> it used to be, that's when it's going to start being. So we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks a lot for being patient with us. Bye. Bye.